Coming live from Orlando, Florida, USA is our guest today, this afternoon. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights and information or simply learning from them. But before I move forward with this interview, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are either watching or listening to this show on. And today we have got Josh Jeffress, the identity archaeologist. Welcome to this show, Josh. Welcome to India. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Excited to yes. share. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Josh, for your time, for taking out time for this show, this Indian afternoon, and your very early morning, 6 o'clock, down there in Florida, USA. Just tell us, help us understand what exactly is an identity archaeologist? Why do you call yourself an identity archaeologist? What do they do? That's a great question. And I get that question a lot, <laughs> which is perfect. Uh, so at the surface, at the basic level, it just means uh, I have no competition. Right? I am the only one, the unique person in my business space, in my unique space, that can offer what I do. But really more specifically, it's just, it's how I took my genius and I applied it to a commodity called personal branding. So it basically it's how I get to go and I get to dig deep into a person, deep into a business and go past all those layers of crap conditioning and, and uh, you know, all that crap we were told growing up about you can't do it and oh honey, there's no money in that. And we get to go and find that treasure right? And someone's treasure is their uniqueness. It's their, their purpose, their mission, their vision, their story, their stand, all that good stuff. And we bring it to the surface. We dust off all that crap conditioning, and then we polish it and refine it until it shines so bright. People come from thousands of miles to come see it. So you ask, what is identity archaeologist and what do we do? Basically, we help people get past the whole idea of selling. You know, the old idea, the chasing, begging, convincing, and we make business like a magnetically attractive process. That's essentially what we do. That's what it is. Right, right. To, uh, you know, to, to shine and, and businesses also need to shine enough. You want to bring humanity back to business, <laughs> Josh. That's your mission. Yes. What, what, how do you explain to businesses which are, you know, accustomed to competition and maximization of profit how and a lot of people do csr you know a lot of good activities but how do you bring humanity full place into their thinking their mindset and and then it can be profitable too how do you tell them what do you tell them absolutely so <laughs> you know i i truly personally i believe professionalism is a poison in other words, we're one person, right? Uh, but we're told to business and emotions don't mix, right? That's what I was told growing up. When I went to get MBA school, they said, Josh, keep your business and your emotions, keep your personal persona and your professional persona separate. So basically, they were telling me to live two different lives. I was like, wait a minute, though. I'm one person. So wait, if I'm one person and I get these two different lives, am I lying to my family or am I lying to my clients? I was like, this, this can't be right. So I want to completely eradicate the lines between personal and business in the sense of who we are. 
because there's one thing they don't teach anymore in school. This is the thing. When I figured this out, it was like the light bulb. People buy you first, your product second. And if they don't buy you, they're not going to touch your product or service, no matter how great it is, no matter how much they need it. So we go out there and we start, we don't make the right sale first. We don't connect emotionally with people because when you connect with someone's heart, it gives you access to their mind, which is where that final buying decision is made. So if you want to be more profitable, you've got to connect with a person at the human level. Then they will give you permission to earn their trust and to look at, the, look at your products and your services. And that's really the part that I find a lot of folks are missing. If you go and listen to anyone networking, if you go listen to anyone doing a marketing campaign, it's all about, look at my product. Look at how great it is. Look at this, look at this, look at that. And meanwhile, people don't even know why you exist in business. They don't know where your heart is. They don't know your story. They don't understand what you stand for. So that's really what bringing humanity back to business is all about. It's just being human, right? Being, it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay not to have all the right answers. It's just people want to know why you care long before they care what you know. A lot of people have learned all through that, you know, maximizing profit is is the way to be to make happy shareholders, you know, stakeholders. Yes. You are a one man army. You have been a soldier for many years. I know you have got their wherewithal to withstand, you know, every sort of competition, but you don't like competition. But how do you deal with the mindset that is, you know, prevalent so much in businesses today? Forget about businesses, big businesses, even small businesses, startups. You know, everybody wants to make profit. If you tell them that, you know, you have to be first closer to humanity or you got to bring humanity back in business. How easy, how, how has been your journey in this particular uh, mission of yours? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the first things that you, you got to look at is you got to tell people the truth. That's really what people want. And your truth is unique. See, we, we talk about, you're talking about basically how do you differentiate yourself? How do we actually get rid of the competition? And the truth is nobody can do what you do the same way you do it. Whether you're by yourself as a solopreneur, whether you're running a business, there is something so unique, but where we tend to hide behind our products, right? We don't, we, it's funny. We think our products differentiate us, but that's actually not true. So of all the list of things of what is a brand, because your brand is truly what I'm talking about here. Of all the list of things of what is not a brand, your company, your product, that's not a brand. Your logo is not a brand. Your uh, website and your business cards, those things are not brands. It's your, your brand is truly the gut feeling a person gets the moment they see your business, right? It's that unique thing that just makes them feel like I love it or I don't know, something feels a little weird here. And so bringing your unique brand to the front of your message that's how you differentiate yourself. That's truly what, what we have to do. Okay. Okay. Now, you see, as you said, your product is not you or your brand. Correct. Now, for individuals or a very small company or only a few member company, it is still easy to project the same sort of a, you know, brand image or, or the, the image that actually you are asking for them to portray to be themselves but what about big companies or big brands where there are so many people person on the ground then there are middle management 
senior management and the board of directors now how do they you know come out with just the same sort of brand without showcasing their products how is it yes. possible how can they do <laughs> well how about we just look at a quick example or two like for example and I, and this is the best example i i love to use is starbucks who okay. out there thinks starbucks sells coffee let me let me tell you something i promise you starbucks does not sell coffee I'll say it one more time because it's so important. Starbucks does not sell coffee. You know why they don't sell coffee? They don't sell coffee because coffee is a commodity and they are smarter than to compete at the commodity level. Because when you compete as a commodity, it's a race to the bottom. Better, faster, cheaper, better, faster, cheaper, right? Everyone's coming out with something better, faster, cheaper, and it's a race to the bottom. Starbucks sells experience. Starbucks sells uh, identity and comfort. Now, the fact that they do it through coffee is incidental. That's just, they, look, if Starbucks sold used cars, they wouldn't be a different company. You catch that? Starbucks okay. could be selling cable subscriptions. They could be selling widgets. They would still okay. be the same company. This is okay. what a company, a big company has to get to. They've got to decide why do we exist. They've got to put their, they have to plant their flag in the ground and they have to make sure everyone in their organization knows it, believes it, and loves it. Okay. So where does humanity come in? Means the branding part and the humanity part. Do you mean to say that the products got to be better or they could to be more clue to their customer? What do you mean by humanity bringing back to humanity in businesses? What exactly does it that's that uh, should businesses understand for that? Because businesses tend to, you know, be very cagey of thinking that, okay, here is one more expense or here they are not talking of profits. Nobody would want to have that. So what should they understand when you talk about humanity in business and bringing humanity in business? Yeah, yeah. People have to love you before they'll trust you. And that's really, it's, it's about, it's almost creating a persona. It's almost creating a, so your brand is essentially like a person. For, for now we're talking big companies for a company your brand is a person right it's it's kind of like when you walk into a room and you see a friend and you get that warm feeling or you see a stranger that looks a little weird and you get this strange feeling so when someone sees your company they see your logo they see all the example all the examples of your brand all the outward uh thoughts if they don't feel comfortable right if they just don't understand why you exist if, if you haven't really clarified to yourself and to others the reason for your existence, like any other human being would, then it's going to be really tough for that person to do business with you. They're not going to get past that first hurdle of, ah, gosh, you know, I, I really like what Starbucks does. I like what Apple does. They make me feel good. Now, let me see what kind of products they have. Now I'm interested. If I need one of their products, I'm in. The sale's already done. But if you get a weird feeling, right, if you just don't make that emotional connection. So that's what we're talking about here. Humanity, humans are emotional creatures. Okay. You've got to make the emotional connection before you start talking facts, figures, logic. I'm better than this other person because look at my widget features and all that stuff. That stuff's good. You need that. But you got to make the first sale first. And that's at the heart level. That's at the emotional connection level. Look, people today are dying for authenticity. They are. They, they're dying for authenticity. No more of this fancy marketing ploys and gimmicks and all the stuff that we try and do to convince people to buy our stuff. 
people just want to know the truth. They really want to know why you exist. Authenticity, you can say. Yes. So, so you mean to say the world is changing? It is. It is. People are tired of being lied to through marketing. They're tired of the same old story and the and and the shucking and the jiving and people doing all the fancy dances. They're just like, look, tell me, let me know your heart. Let me know why you care so much as a company. Why are you talking to me? And do you even know where I am in life? Do you understand what I'm going through? Right before you tell me how great you are as a company, I need to know that you've even thought about me, that you're talking to me. Right. And then once we make that connection, once I like you and I'm like, oh, I love what this company's mission is. I love where they're going. Now, if I need your product and service, we're in. It's, it's, we're doing business. Okay. Yes. Companies are doing business and they may like to be great humans. And everybody lo loves to be great human, you, you know, and be uh, doing everything they can for humanity. But everybody likes, everybody knows, and especially businesses know that business is business and you know but so how do you tell them that listen this is going to be more profitable to you and that actually you believe that it's going to be more profitable for everybody how do you tell them that is going to be profitable to them yeah because that that's the this is based in human psychology this, this is this is tried and true this is nothing new by the way the fact that people yeah. that we, we make uh that you know they say people buy from who they like and trust and like happens in about eight seconds and trust takes anywhere from days to weeks to months to years. So this is nothing new. It's just we're getting back as a society. We're remembering that uh, we don't have time anymore to just there, there's too much competition. There's too many people out there offering the same thing. There's too much commoditization. Everything, almost everything that's out there, very few things are unique anymore when it comes to products. Some things are innovative and that's fine. But then there's a lot of stuff out there that's just commoditized. Yes, and a lot of product, a lot of products is being made in the same place called China. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why should I buy your widget and not the other widget, the same widget down the street? Uh, and so th this is this is nothing new. This is human psychology, and a lot of smart companies already know this. Like Starbucks, Apple, all these companies that actually understand brand, they know it's about the emotional connection. So if you if you can make an emotional connection with someone, you can drive them to take any action you want. That's why it's more profitable. Okay. So let me be a bit more uh, straight on this. Are you meaning to say emotional connection? But a lot of people do try to make emotional connection. And a lot of people do have a feeling that they are being made an emotional fool by a lot of, you know, sort of, sort of advertising that... You know, tries to reach to the heart, but actually it's the way to reach their wallet. I hope you are not meaning that. No, 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 not at all. It, it's first of all, we talk about authenticity, right? So this is yes. not a manipulation technique. You know, okay. playing so with, it, this is not this it, is not playing with it, someone's emotions. It, it this is, is being honest. Work, it, it is not going to work for manipulation, basically. No, no. If, if you're if you're lying, people are going to sniff that out, too. Right. You can tell when someone says, hey, you could trust me. You, you already get this weird thing, you know, that like, I don't want to trust you. No, no, no. So it's not about that. It's about clarity on truly your authentic reason why you exist. Why, what is your purpose, your mission, your vision, all the stuff that goes into a brand. If you can articulate that and you can take a stand on that, this is what we stand for. Your perfect prospects 
are going to find you. They're going to resonate with you and it, you're, they're going to be in. You're not going to attract everyone, but that's okay. If you look, if you try and sell to everyone, you're going to attract no one. So this is really all about a company saying, this is what we stand for. We know who our tribe is. We know who our perfect prospect is. And we're going to talk directly to their heart because it's the same as ours, because we're, we're all in the same, we're all in alignment with each other. That's what it is. But so few companies get that level of clarity as to truly why they're in business other than to make money, which by the way is okay. It's okay to be in business to make money. Yes. But there's got to be a higher level purpose than just the money. And if there isn't, you're a commodity and you're going to have a lot of competition. Right, right. You know, yours is a very fascinating uh, journey, Josh. You have understood not only business, but life from being a soldier who is taught so much being professional about everything. Then you went into corporate America. Then you learned a lot of things. And now you are talking about humanity that needs a lot of insight into life if you can share us with us how you traverse that path to come to that realization that businesses must adopt humanity because that's the most profitable way for everybody do share with yeah. us yeah yeah i've had quite a journey so i i what i say is i lived a shy my entire life so i i i grew up uh uh basically as a soldier I'm going to put it this way. I grew up as a soldier, the good soldier. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I followed every single rule. I was told, Josh, obey the rules, keep your head down and just do what we're, do what we're going to tell you to do. And I did. And, and I went to school. I got the multiple degrees. I, I got into corporate America. For 20 years, I climbed the ladder in corporate America very successfully as an engineer, shy, negative, skeptical, introverted, kept my head down. And then one day, everything I thought was right wasn't so right. I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be. I wasn't as wealthy as I needed to be. And I just, I just wasn't free. And, you know, freedom is my favorite F word now. That's kind of what's been driving me. Now, I had a different favorite F word back in corporate America days. You figure out what that is. But I just, I didn't have that freedom. I didn't have that control over my life. And I had to escape. And I got out to entrepreneurship. And when I did that, my entire worldview opened up. I started digging and, and I started trying to figure out like, why are successful people successful? I don't get it. I don't understand. See, I followed the rules. Why wasn't I successful as, or as successful as I wanted to be? And I just started opening up all the cabinet doors. I started digging deep. I did a lot of research into human psychology and the mindset and subconscious and all kinds of stuff. And one day, uh, you know, I'm in different businesses. I was in the financial industry. I was in the gym industry. I was a competitive bodybuilder, all kinds of stuff. And then one day I said, wait a minute, time out, Josh. What is your genius? What is that thing that you do so freaking well, better than anyone else you know? What is that, right? And then what is your what is your expertise you build up over all these years? And then where do you want to play? Now we're getting back to kind of like, you know, what is your passion? Where do you where do you want to play? And I took all this and I crystallized it. I crunched it down and that's where the identity archaeologist came from. When I realized that I was tired of pretending I was tired of having this professional persona where I had to say the right thing at the right time. And I'm using all these scripts and I'm trying to like put on this, you know, this act, right? I didn't want to put on the act anymore. So once I did that, my whole business opened up, everything just clicked. And I was like, holy crap, 
I want to help other people do this. <laughs> this just felt right. Like, why can't we just be human everywhere we go? Why can't we be ourselves? And as infallible as we are, or as fallible as we are, as quirky as we are, this is the stuff that's endearing. This is the stuff that attracts people. And I knew, all, I knew this all my entire life. If I look back, I was like, I always knew this stuff. I always had this talent. I always had this genius. I just suppressed it. I just ignored it. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done ignoring it. I'm going to start shouting it from the rooftops. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Right. Right. So you got to find yourself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I had to sit down and look inside and say, all right, what, what is, why are you here? What is the bigger purpose? What impact can you have on the world? That, and what impact do you want to have on the world? Absolutely. Right. right. And, and for that, you need uh, for freedom to have complete freedom in your life. Uh, you got to understand your genius and your genius does not need competitors to validate your existence. No, exactly. Exactly. So you talk about, you know, uh, freedom. What what is freedom to you? Because a lot of people, as you said, a lot of money, a lot of things, everything else you can get. But a lot of people realize they are not free. Freedom is a very different sort of a bird. And, you know, you, you can only spot it only when you understand what freedom is. How you put a lot of emphasis on freedom. You also talk about that, you know, the lighthouse effect. I would like, want you to share that. That's wonderful. You know, I was <laughs> mighty impressed by the way you use that lighthouse example in your profile, you know. So yeah, tell us more about freedom, what it means to you and about where does this lighthouse effect come into the scheme of things? Absolutely. Yeah, great question. Freedom. To me, freedom is very simply self-control. It's doing what you want, when you want, how you want, why you want, with whom you want. It's basically you get to, you're at the steering wheel of your own car, right? You're not, so many people are traveling through life and, and they're not, they're not even in the driver's seat. They're actually in the trunk. Like someone else is driving and they're in this That's dark place where it smells bad and you're, you're getting all this exhaust fumes and you're basically killing yourself on this journey because you're not in the driver's seat. And that's terrible. I, I, I don't like to see anyone in that position. Uh, so that's what freedom is. You're at the driver's seat. Uh, and that is such a comforting place because, see, here's what I told myself when I left corporate America. I said, Josh, whether you win in life or whether you lose in life, I just want it to be my fault. You hear that? So I'm not saying I'm going to get it all figured out and I'm going to drive the car perfectly. Maybe I'm going to crash the car, right? That's okay. As long as I crash the car and not somebody else with me in it. That's freedom to me. That's what it's all about. I just want it to be up to me. I want to be at the wheel. So, uh, and the lighthouse effect. All right, we can transition, transition into this. No, so I, I, I do love lighthouses. Uh, but I always say I love them for the reasons why well, I love them for what they don't do. Uh, because, you know, I always think of when I was in financial services, I was the one chasing and begging, convincing. I was kind of like trying to like, come on, don't you want to save money? Don't you want to protect your family? Don't you want to do all these right things? And I, and it was just weird to me that people didn't like that. And so I thought of this lighthouse and I was like, you know what lighthouses don't do? 
they, they don't go out into, out into the sea and they don't chase and beg ships to come into shore during the storm. They don't leave voicemail after voicemail on the ship's phones. They don't take the ships out to a fancy steak dinner to convince them to come into shore. No, the lighthouses just stand there. But here's the key. The key is that the lighthouses stand for something, right? They stand for safety, security, shoreline, all those things that the ships in distress need right when that storm is hitting. And to me, those ships out there, those are my ideal prospects. Those are the people that are looking for me to help them, but they're in the storm, they're capsizing, they're drowning, they're having a hard time. And they're like, I'm just looking for a light, but I'm looking for the light that resonates with me. I'm looking for the, the proper light that I can move towards where I know I can get help. So then I realized it was up to me to shine that light. We have to shine our specific, unique light, our brand, let's call it. That's got it. And not only do we have to shine it, we have to shine it clearly. And we've got to shine it with a lot of energy. It's got to reach really, really far because it's got to get through the storm. We got people out there that are suffering. They're in their own little storm. And we've got to break through and get our message to them saying, hey, I'm right here. It's okay. Come on in. I've got, I've got what you need. This is the safety, the security, the shoreline. Come on in. You don't have to be out there in the storm by yourself anymore. But so many of us, we just were so afraid to take a stand. We're really, really afraid. You know what I hear all the time? People say, Josh, if I take a stand, if I say what I really want to say, what are people going to think about me? And I, to which I reply, it's very simple. Hey, you're in business. That people ever think about you again is a really good thing because the number one killer of business is obscurity. The number two killer is being forgotten. So we've got to become that lighthouse. We've got to take that stand. Stand for something good or stand against something bad. I don't care. Just take a stand. So how do people working in businesses, entrepreneurs, people who actually want their identity, a job cannot define them. That's not they. They want their freedom in life. What do they understand out of lighthouse how do they understand this concept of freedom because they are too much so many of them the job pressure is there the emis needs to be placed uh, you know paid so many day-to-day -day pressures of life their uh, you know security needs have not been met you are talking of self-actualization what how do you <laughs> understand do they understand this whole concept you know yeah, this, this is a big question, but here, here let's talk about like a, a first simple concept. So when you're, if you're in a job, right, if you're in that position where you do have to worry about your, your security, you're trying to get that income coming in, I get that. Uh, the one thing I would caution is be careful when you're working for someone else that you're, you're borrowing their brand, right? You're borrowing their identity. So I'm, you know, I'm VP of Exxon or I'm a senior VP of, of, of Tesla Motors and all that stuff. That's fine, but what happens is when you leave IBM or IBM leaves you, you're nobody. You've got no identity because you tied your entire identity to that position. See, they were, look, I'm not saying this as a judgment, but companies don't pay people. Companies pay positions. You're just the person that's occupying that office at the time, and, and that's how it works, right? So I challenge everyone out there, whether you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, or you're an executive, or you're just in an employee somewhere, have your own identity, which is basically your own brand 
and it's your own business asset that you own. So when when IBM leaves you, they say, thank you, Josh, we don't need your service anymore. <laughs> when you leave, you haven't you become nobody. You still know what you stand for, what you are. And you never know that can actually lead to opening you know, your, your next level of entrepreneurship. That can lead to an idea that can lead to you bringing your genius, your service to the world. So always having your own personal identity and that's unique, right? No one can take that from you. No one can duplicate right. it. They right. can try. By the way, someone could try and copy you, but it won't be authentic for them. They'll be lying and people will sniff it right out. So it's really getting to that core, right? Purpose, mission, vision. If I had to pick three things to say to that I would tell people to define, and I, and I don't mean like sit down and like check the box kind of thing. Like, oh, let me just come up with a nice sounding purpose statement, nice sounding mission statement. No, I mean, really dig deep. And what is my purpose? How am I going to bring that purpose to the world? And what does this world look like when I do? That's your vision. Really diving into that, really getting clarity around that. And it's scary sometimes to go dig that deep. So have someone help you. That's why there are people out there that can help you create that. That's where people like you have also come up. Yes, Times absolutely. Bring, bring the right solutions at the right time. Now, Ask the right questions. So, yeah. Yes, yes. Josh, tell me. So one should always keep on working on their personal brand while they are representing any company? Should they always keep working on their personal brand? Is what you're on asking? On their personal brand. Because you, uh, if, if I understand, you say that a personal brand is different than a company, you know, or uh, the, from, a, from a company brand. Now, if somebody is associated with his company, does he still can become a personal brand in his own right without violating any job <laughs> description or any policy anywhere? Does that yes. stop them anywhere? No, not a problem. Yes. So they, in fact, they should coexist. And here's the difference. A company brand is credibility. So let's, I'm going to pick on IBM. I don't know why I've never worked for them, but IBM is your company brand and that brand is credibility. Everyone knows IBM. It's a credible company. Right. But you know what? But, but, but people don't like IBM if in the sense of they can like you. So your personal brand is your likability. Your company brand is your credibility. Now that combination is powerful. Now they're going to do business with you because they like you and they believe IBM is credible. So now that positions you, if you're selling for IBM, for example, that positions you as they're going to work with you and not the other IBM salespeople, or they're not also going to go out to IBM's competitors. So you need both personal brand. It's not an either or for sure. It's a both likability, credibility, bam. It's the awesome combination. Right. Got it. Got it. I guess this is, this gives some direction, some understanding of what exactly one should look at life that they should also look at themselves as an as an entity and find yes. an identity for themselves so that when there is a separation between you and the brand you represent then you don't feel you are nobody you That's are right you don't have somebody. to start over there's no starting yes. over i see that yes. a lot by the way in insurance and real estate where people go from different offices you know they, so their back end changes in their business but they're starting over because they were a state farm agent now they're uh Liberty Mutual or something like that. And they're completely starting over. I'm like, oh my goodness, you don't have to start over because the back end doesn't matter when it comes to your brand. 
Your brand is the front end. That's the stuff people fall in love with. The back end, eh, they don't even care about that till later. That doesn't even matter. As long as it's a credible company, who cares? So yeah, I don't like seeing people start over. I want you having your own brand assets, your own business asset, and building upon that continuously. That's the idea. Right, right. Now, uh, Josh, tell me, a lot of people want to be a brand in themselves and positive brand. They want to be themselves. They want to acquire freedom, you know, be the lighthouse. But sometimes we have learned all through that people are afraid of failure. <laughs> but, you know, but if I understand, you believe that we are more afraid of success than failure. Can you help us understand? Because that's a very profound sort of a thing, you know, and I'm very, very uh, eager to understand it because that's that's very uh, important. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a really great question. Uh, so, look, we're failing all the time. We're, we're constantly failing. That That's what we do as human beings. We fail and then we fail and then we fail. And so, first of all, how can you be afraid of something you're doing all the time? But let's look at this spectrum. So let me see if I can put this on the screen here. So the spectrum from absolute uh, full self-actualization, maxim maximizing your potential on one end, success, and then failure, abject failure over here on the other end. Where are we? Where are most people in their lives? We're like right here. We're like right that we're we're one mortgage payment away from being on the streets. We're one job loss, one pink slip away from not having food for our family. Like we are flirting with failure constantly. So my point is we're, we're already failing. We're already in a really, really tough place. We're nowhere near to maximizing our potential as, as individuals, as humans. So there's nothing to be afraid of. We're there. But here's what, here's what truly scares us. Success. What scares us is once we start pedaling that bike of success, once we start to have a little success and we start to get momentum, that are we, can we handle it? Are we going to be able to, what if we have to start pedaling and then we keep pedaling faster and faster and faster, then we lose control. Uh, because the thing about success is that it's not a destination. It's a state of being. And once you start, you almost can't stop. You can't. So once you start pedaling that bike, you can't stop pedaling because if you stop pedaling, you're going to fall down. Right? So it's just scares us. We just don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like we can handle it. We start wondering like, oh my God, how am I going to screw this up? Basically, and this, this starts way back when we were born, right? The most successful mindset we've ever had is the day we were born. From that point forward, we've pretty much been told, keep your head down. You can't do it. Stop thinking big. Don't, you know, if you stick your head up, it's going to get chopped off, right? We're told all these things about get, becoming shy, and that's why I talk about going from shy to shine. Going from shy to shine is all about realizing you deserve success, that you can handle success. One way or another, you're going to figure it out. Uh, so yeah, I think we're truly afraid of success. We're truly afraid of what if we are as magnificent as we could be? What, what, what if all those stuff we were told growing up is not true? What if we don't have to obey? What if we don't have to follow all the rules we were told? So that's just an, it's very, very, <laughs> not, not going too deep into it, but. Yeah, yeah. But isn't it ironical, Josh, 
that if a soldier is told to keep his head down, it's for survival. But, Correct. But human beings are told to keep your head held high. You live with the head held high. But they don't get it. Why do they put their head, your head down when they should be putting their head up? And all yeah. throughout, they follow just the survival skills. That's only for a specific situation. Is that the reason that many people continue to fail and continue to be unsuccessful? Because they continue to keep their health down? Yeah. What I like to say is most people tiptoe through life hoping to make it safely to death. This is the human <laughs> condition. We, we're just told, like, just just keep going, keep going. Don't don't die. You know, keep keep feeding yourself. Keep making it. To, uh, and, and, and we get to the end and it's like, what the hell was it all for? So, yeah, we're, we get into the survival mode. We're, we talk about survival. We don't talk about, we talk about surviving, not thriving. Yes. Uh, yes. And boy, it, it, and, and it's just a, it's just something, it's one of the biggest mindset changes that we all have to make at some point is to realize that, damn it, I am worthy of success. And damn it, I am the only person that could bring my genius to the world. You right. know what my vision, you know what my vision is? I want to see a world of personal free trade where you do what you do best. I do what I do best. And we all create so much surplus because we're doing what we should be doing that we have to share with others. There's too much stuff, too much good stuff. And then scarcity goes away. Right. And then still goes hunger, homelessness, racism, hate, all that stuff goes away. That's driven by scarcity. Uh, that's my, that's my view. So, this, this is really why I do what I do is because when everyone finds their brand, when everyone finds what they stand for, now they can go, they can be excited about what they do. Now they can start believing in themselves. Now they can realize and feel the responsibility that I have to bring this to the world. So all those excuses about trying not to like, what are people going to think about me and all that stuff, that stuff goes away. There's, there's no more uh, what they call imposter syndrome. There's no more inferiority complex. There's no more insecurity. You're just on a, such a clear mission. You're like, get the hell out of my way. I'm going on this mission. If you want to join me, come on, hop on the train. If you want to stay at the station, that's fine too. But this is where I'm going. This is why I'm doing it. And here's how great the world's going to be when we get there. When you can get out of bed every morning, put two feet on the ground and feel like that, nothing's going to stop you. And success won't stop you either. <laughs> That's great. A lot of lot of learning from you, Josh. And in fact, you know, uh, how do people get help from you? How do they contact you? You know why? Because what you do at the moment is what everybody dream of. You know, you fly airplanes, you brew beer, <laughs> run long distance, and you know, you do a lot of stuff which anybody would just dream of. So, how can they do what you are doing? And how can by getting in touch with you? So how do they get in touch with you? Get connected with you, get associated with you, collaborate with you. How do they do that? Yeah, the two easiest ways: social media, especially LinkedIn and Facebook. You'll find me at Josh Zeppis or the Identity Archaeologist. Either one; those two names are very unique, so you're not going to get me confused with anybody. Or just go to my website, joshzeppis.com. And if I may, I'm going to throw out a special offer uh, just for your audience. If you go to joshzeppis.com forward slash WDYD, 
what do you for what do you do w d y d i will offer a, th- a free no no sales whammy nothing like that free 30 minute session with me and we're going to come up with the, the unique powerful persuasive compelling answer to the question what do you do so i'm going to gift you this little small tiny business asset so the next time someone says hey what do you do you don't have to give them the same old boring crap you don't have to like turn them off you can actually change the level of the conversation right there so I just want to give that because this has been such a great experience. I want to give that to your audience. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. In fact, I'll put a lot of your details on the YouTube description so that people can, you know, click there and reach you immediately. Perfect. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of information, a lot of insights, a lot of, you know, and, you know, it will change the way that people convert, uh, introduce themselves to anybody else beyond and beyond their company name or beyond their designations. That will be a great, great thing for a lot of people. Absolutely. No more borrowed borrowed titles, no more labels. You don't have to use those anymore. When someone says, what do you do? You don't have to say, I'm a lawyer or I'm a a CEO. We're going to come up with a unique version for you. Unique version of yourself. That's On this note, Josh, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you as well. Appreciate it.